The Inside Vegas Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented to you by MyBookie.ag. Just in time for football season, MyBookie.ag is offering up $1,000 in free bets using the promo code SGP100. Again, that is up to $1,000 in bonus bets for your first deposit. Promo code SGP100 will get you there. Play, win, and get paid at MyBookie.ag. We're also brought to you by PlayBalto, the number one office pool hosting site in the world. PlayBalto is fully customizable, easy to manage, and most importantly, free. All you got to do is go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com and click the play ball, play Balto link. Sign up today. We're also brought to you by BetQL, the only app you'll need to outsmart Vegas and make smarter bets this season. Line movement history, sharp data analysis. They get their powerful algorithm that rates their best bets. And if you are serious about making some cash this year, this is the only app you need. Head to the App Store, Google Play, and download BetQL. And make sure to follow them on Twitter at BetQL. App, APP. And finally, we are brought to you by PickDraft.com. PickDraft.com is a salary cap DFS site specializing in position and team-based fantasy contests like their position draft and pick six contests. Sign up today at PickDraft.com and receive a 50% deposit bonus. Football season finally here. Who else would we have on then? Frequent friend of the Sports Gaming Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, my friend, and I'm sure yours, Spread Investor, my man. We are almost there, bro. I know you kind of labor through the the summer of baseball season, not your thing, college basketball. A little bit of a tease. I know it's definitely more your speed, but football, where you have been and had the most success, specifically in the NFL, bro. So nobody I would rather talk the NFL upcoming season. We're going to get into narratives. We're going to get into futures, our best kind of look-aheads, everything and everything, man. What is going on in what I assume to be a probably humid, maybe cloudy New York right now for you? It is. It's not as bad as the last couple of days. It's been pretty sticky in New York. And I mean, I guess it's not as bad when you compare it to 102 degrees out in Vegas, like where you are. But um, yeah, it, it's getting close to football, man. I'm excited. And baseball summer, like you said, I, I, I trekked through mud uh, to get to football season. Um, so the next couple of weeks is kind of crazy. You get a lot of preseason games and uh, week one bets shaping up. So I'm excited to be on here with you, my man. And Vegas is coming up soon in a couple of weeks, opening night, Packers, Bears, Thursday night. I'm excited to be out there and see you and a bunch of the guys. Yeah. And again, we will be out there week one, Thursday night, first game of the year at Legacy's. Come by, say hi. We'll be all be in attendance, man. I want to start this off. Usually I give people the opportunity to give an intro, but at this point, man, you've been on so much that I'm sure everybody knows your intro. So I just want to give people a chance to kind of uh, where they can find some of your work. Of course, the brilliant NFL guide that you have uh, on your website as well. I know you have a new website in the works. Um, and of course, on Twitter at Spread Investor, and we'll kind of plug this stuff at the end, but where pe- can people kind of find you as always? And what do you have specifically coming up for the NFL season when it comes? to content and where people can get a hold of you yeah on twitter i follow that spread investor you'll see a number of different pieces of content picks analysis stats trends i always refer people there and tell them to follow me there uh and for this upcoming season you know as you know you'll be working and contributing to it but um, launching a new website that's going to have a mix of about 15 different handicappers, writers, contributors, 
giving out all uh, sorts of free picks, betting content, analytics, and it'll cover a number of different sports, NFL, college football, NBA playoffs, uh, and then we'll roll right into NBA, college basketball, and we'll have UFC in the mix as well. So um, a lot of new content coming out and uh, a lot of the analytics and, and analysis that you see with football going to try to replicate that across other sports and and put as much quality content and and winners that we could put out there they don't call you money line investor bro so football season your bread and butter let's dig into it bro let's let's talk narratives before we kind of break down division odds and, and we pick that apart to get into all of our other narratives um Anything that you have seen, you know, kind of the offseason story, I think makes the most sense is, is obviously the Browns. But anything that has been kind of below the radar to me, the big one is the Ravens and, and the deep dive into the analytics of maybe Lamar Jackson isn't as bad of a passer as we thought. There's a brilliant article out there about that. Um, and, and that's kind of my big, you know, under the radar narrative. I don't know if it's going to work, but they are going to look to employ the uh, Madden 07 Michael Vick running gun and it may blow up, but they are going all in and building around uh, Lamar Jackson. And to me, that was the one thing that Josh McDaniels never got enough credit for was building an offense once it happened around Tebow. So it's, it's a little refreshing for me there. Um, anything kind of big picture this offseason, and I'll even give the first couple of weeks into preseason to to kind of date this as to where we are and what we've seen so far that you have noticed. I know the Giants fan and you're probably going to want to talk about the Eli Daniel Jones stuff, but what do you got for narratives, man? Well, I think staying in the AFC North, I think the Steelers have flown under the radar in a division where the Browns seem to be getting every single headline. Um, you know, when everybody talks about the Steelers this year, they talk about the loss of Le'Veon Bell. The Steelers aren't necessarily losing Le'Veon Bell. He didn't play a single snap last year. So they played last year without him, went nine and seven with two losses that they didn't, <laughs> they shouldn't have lost. They shouldn't have lost that game at Denver. It was last second play. And the tie. Uh, they, and the, the tie to the Browns in week one and the game against new Orleans where Juju drops a ball that he catches 98 out of a hundred times. Um, I think the Steelers are much better than people expect, you know, wide receivers in the NFL, not to uh, make less of Antonio Brown's talent, but wide receiver is a replaceable position compared to other positions. You know, you lose your starting center, you lose your starting left guard, left tackle. I mean, just look at the Redskins. When you talk about left tackle, you're in, deep water when those positions go down. But if you have a stable group of wide receivers like the Steelers do, you have Juju Smith-Schuster, James Washington, he's looked awesome in preseason. Anybody that doesn't put stock into the preseason and says it's a waste, you know, you're really just kind of enjoying your summer is what you're saying. The the preseason, you see these players, a lot of them, but they're going to translate some of this talent into the regular season. James Washington's one of those guys that have Vance McDonald. I think the Steelers with less expectations and what you're saying, you know, a storyline that's not getting that much attention. I think that benefits them because they don't have to live up to a standard that they've had to live up to the past couple of years. And they get rid of a lot of distractions. Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell, case in point, look at what's going on in Oakland right now. If the Pittsburgh Steelers don't feel somewhat relieved, uh, I'd be very surprised. I love that take, man. And we'll we'll dig into that take even more with what you were saying about that specific narrative because I feel very strongly about that said wide receiver. But let's start in the AFC, man. And um, let's go to the AFC West just because it's the first thing that pops up here. And again, we can talk about this by divisions. I can bring up any future you want when it comes to these players. But just kind of, again, let's talk narrative, kind of what the... 
uh, market analysis is. And again, it, this stuff to me is so funny because as NFL handicappers, right, we have what three months basically since the week one lines get hung once the schedules are out. And then we shift from being three months More. of preparation into one week, not even probably six, five days uh, handicappers. And it always fascinates me how people can really overanalyze stuff. Uh, but for this division, man, we have the Chiefs minus 150, the favorite Chargers plus 165. Everyone's darling every year. The Broncos 14 to one and the Raiders 18 to one. Um, anybody, you know, it, what overall in this division, uh, you lay in it, you take in the quote unquote value with the chargers in hope of a sell or a hedge situation or any value in any of these long shots. Yeah, I think a lot of people are expecting regression from the chiefs and a lot of that's warranted because of the type of numbers that they put up offensively last year. But the thing is they dodged a bullet with Tariq Hill not being suspended. They already drafted his replacement, McCole Hardman, who you, you watch 30 seconds of his highlights and you know, your eyes are kind of bulging out. He's so fast. Having him and Tariq Hill on the field together is going to be pretty scary. Get Travis Kelsey still there in his prime. This is going to be a really good offense. And, you know, it's, it's not like Mahomes uh, is going to get any worse. I mean, he's, he's going to get better. It's going to be hard to replicate those numbers, no doubt. But I think they got better defensively. Um, they have a better defensive coordinator. They get Spagnola, who is a very good defensive coordinator, despite not being a good head coach. Uh, they added talent. You know, they get Tyron Matthew. They got Frank Clark to help the pass rush. Reggie Ragland's a very good linebacker. He was with the Bills for a number of years. Um, their week 14 game against the Patriots is going to decide if they're going to win the division or if they're going to be a wild card team because the Chargers. Their one favorable aspect of their schedule, the, the Chargers and Chiefs both drew teams from the AFC East. The Chiefs drew the Patriots. The Chargers drew Miami. So that's obviously benefit to the Chargers. Uh, after week 14, you, you, you're going to see, you know, which direction the Chiefs are going to go in. But I, I don't see that much regression. I, I, don't think, I don't think the Chiefs offense is going to have to do as much because I do see them getting much better at defense. Yeah, there's a tweet out there is uh, put out by Evan Silva. Um, and this is kind of what everyone has been pointing to over the last decade. Again, this is kind of a fantasy twist, but it all comes together. Uh, QB touchdown pass regression. Every quarterback was overdrafted in fantasy in the next year. And this is basically what we've seen. So anyone who led the NFL in touchdowns the year prior, the next year, everybody on that list, except for one Tom Brady doing exactly what Tom Brady does in defying logic, narrative and expectations and analytics. Um, when you go down through the last couple of years, man, right? So Mahomes had the um, most touchdowns last year. The year before that, uh, for the rate, 7.5%. Next year, minus 12. Ryan, 7.1%. Next year, minus 18. Newton, minus 16 from 7.1. Romo, 7.8. So look, I get it, but you know, how much do the Warriors, you know, not to bring this over to other sports, but regression can be uh, subjective. And just because they don't set every NFL passing record doesn't really mean that they're going to be, you know, statistically, yeah, probably a little bit worse from the best season of all time, possibly by a quarterback. But I largely don't buy that either. So it's good to see you kind of on board with that division takes uh, any of those prices interest you or is it, you know, almost more value and a discount with the Chiefs because nobody else wants to lay it? Well, I think there is value with the Chargers. I think that the, the Chargers definitely have a, a loaded roster. Um, it'd be better if Derwin James was playing and, and not hurt for the first half of the season. Uh, but they definitely have talent on both sides of the ball to get Hunter Henry back. I, I don't think they need Melvin Gordon. Austin Eckler is such a good 
running back, especially a receiver out of the backfield. Justin Jackson looked good in spots last year. Keenan, you know, they've got a stable of wide receivers and weapons. Uh, I think they'll be more than fine and, and a little bit easier of a schedule, like I mentioned, uh, versus the Chiefs. Um, but the Chiefs definitely have more talent. And if it's a, a game being decided in the fourth quarter, Pat Mahomes is still who I'd rather have the ball in, in his hands, uh, even though, you know, a lot of love and respect for Phillip Rivers. Putting you on the spot. Who wins the AFC West at the end of the year, price included, if you had to place one bet on it? Chiefs minus 150. Kansas Charlotte. City Chiefs. Yeah, I agree. Kansas City Chiefs. I completely agree. Let's go to the They're South. They're too good man. in the division. Yeah, 14-3 in the division over the last couple of years. It, it's too hard to pass up. I love it. AFC South, man. The darlings this year, they they feel a little of the Chargers of the past years where the public is all over them. Indianapolis, as I look at my boogie.ag now, Colts minus 125 to win the division. Houston plus 300. Jacksonville plus 450. The Titans at six to one. Uh, Andrew Luck has to be the narrative in this division. If he stays healthy and plays at least what, let's say 14, 15, I think that that minus 125 despite not having a plus sign is a lot of value when you look down the line at houston basically playing the easiest schedule last year going down to pretty much the hardest jacksonville i mean are you a Foles guy and you know me i'm never gonna get behind the tennessee titans a day in my life no me neither no i i i've never been behind Mar marcus mariota as a top tier nfl quarterback i think there's a ceiling on his play and are you seeing that he you know, they're, hasn't they're locked down the starting team. job yet between him and Tannehill? Yeah, there's definitely, there's definitely a battle with Tannehill. Uh, you know, Tannehill, if you look at Tannehill before this injury and you compare him to what Mariota's done, what's the difference? Both of them have been mediocre to above average quarterbacks at best. Tannehill, they've both gotten to the playoffs and lost in the first round. Like what really separates them? Unless you assume that Ryan Tannehill is not going to come back from his injury as good as he once was, which isn't necessarily true. And in preseason, Tannehill's looked very good. So I don't think there's much of a discrepancy between the two. And this third preseason game is going to be interesting. Yeah, who would you start? In Mariota. Mariota's the, it's his position to lose still, and that's what Tennessee wants. It's just that what has he done in his career up until this point, and he's never stayed healthy for the duration of a season where you can rely on him. So I, I do think that that narrows the gap between both of them. And I think you'll see Mario to start the year, but Tannehill could be called up at any point for injury or, you know, lack of quality play. Houston's schedule murderers row. And this has, that's kind of been the narrative of, you know, in theory, right. Watson should take that next step. Um, what do you, you know, I think the best bet in this division isn't even anybody to win this division. I think Bill O'Brien has a lot of value at first coach to be fired for sure. Um, and I guess we'll lump this, we'll lump these, uh, kind of three teams together. Cause to me, if luck stays healthy, it, it's kind of them and everybody else with what they've done. Uh, Agreed. But, but if he doesn't, man, uh, who has the most value out of, you know, kind of Houston plus 300 Jaguars plus 450 Titans plus 600. If you, you know, if something does happen with luck, man, an eight and eight record might might win this division. And I think Jacksonville does make some sense of that plus 450 in that situation. You know, I do agree with you. I, I think that the, it is the cult division uh, and I would give a slight not to Jacksonville with you as well for the two, uh, the, the number two team in that division. I do think Doug Marone is a better head coach than Bill O'Brien is. I think his in-game decisions are better. I think a team with less expectations than they had last year, 
not coming off an AFC championship at Foxborough again this time. Uh, they still have their main core on defense, very, very deep defensively. Uh, Foles is obviously an upgrade over Blake Bortles. Uh, the offensive line's a concern, though, and, and that's why I'm not very confident in them. Um, I, I Nick Foles is not in Doug Peterson's system anymore. There's no guarantee that he's going to do well in this offense with not as good of an offensive line, not the chemistry. Um, you know, Foles has bounced around the league. He's been incredible for the Eagles. Uh, he was incredible in other years in his career, but but other years he was up and down. Um, I think the Texans, I would love to see the Texans get Trent Williams, bring some stability to the offensive line. There's no guarantee of that, obviously. It's a narrative at this point. But if the Texans could bolster the offensive line with a last-minute move, a veteran, look, it happens. The Jets signed Khalil. He came out of retirement. Who saw that coming two weeks ago? If the Texans could bolster their offensive line, they got D-Hop, they got Kiki Cootie, who made noise. He had 11 receptions and over 100 yards, I believe, in the, in the playoff game last year. They had Will Fuller healthy. They just got Duke Johnson. That's a, You want to talk about a narrative that's flown under the radar. That guy, the Browns threw him out as if, you know, he, he's a below-average running back. That guy can line up in the slot. He's extremely fast. I think this offense with a mobile quarterback, Deshaun Watson's a winner. Um, I, I would give him the nod and quarterback play out of everybody minus Andrew Luck. Um, I think the Texans can make noise. Uh, they did have an easy schedule last year, but again, if you put them up against better competition and, and a better offensive line, I think they can win a couple of close games. Yeah, man, when it comes to this division, I, I want to say one thing here. And when it comes to Andrew Luck, look, he's going to play 10 games this year against passes defense that ranked in the bottom half of, of the league last year. And uh, I think people are going to be very surprised and shocked what this offense could look like with Campbell in the slot. We know what T.Y. can do. He's already won the award for most receiving yards. And, and there is a narrative here. You know, much like I always say, Luck is probably one of the best quarterbacks to never win a Heisman. And, you know, much like the narrative that I'll always talk about with these guys, Goldschmidt, MVP, Sale, uh, Cy Young, you know, how long do you want to be known as kind of the best player to never win these individual awards? And eventually, usually, uh, Philip Rivers notwithstanding, these players tend to break through and have that breakout campaign. So this is kind of the make or break year for Andrew Luck on the season of the type of player he is because in my estimation that he has not had uh, a better team man for sure out there uh gun to your head man who wins this division price included you got to make one bet indianapolis colts loaded on both sides of the ball i agree let's say andrew luck is all of a sudden out for 10 weeks who wins the division still colts Houston Texans. <laughs> I love a play on injury, man. Let's go to the most polarizing division, AFC North, bro. I mean, this has flipped around a little bit. Uh, originally, Cleveland was, I believe, like plus 120 just due to liability. Pittsburgh was like plus 160. Flipped around a little bit again here. Steelers now plus 140. Cleveland plus 150. Baltimore plus uh, three, uh, three to one. And Cincy all the way out at the lowly 14 to one as the basement dwellers, man. Let's talk about this Cleveland narrative. Warranted is is things is just, you know, this Cleveland team to me, bro, really reminds me of the Philadelphia Eagles dream team when, you know, quote unquote dream team, Vic, Vince Young, they were absolutely loaded and, and things didn't really work out. Um, I know Mayfield has, you know, done, I can't knock the guy. I'm a Mayfield believer, um, but I just have to see it, man. And you know my take. If they do somehow get to these playoffs, you know I will be lining up to fade a first-year playoff quarterback in Mayfield, despite whatever they do prior to that. So, um, you know, uh, 
Lamar Jackson got that out of his system last year, but to me, the Steelers are, like you said, probably the one that's going the, the least unnoticed. But let's, since you talked about the Steelers already, let's kind of talk about the rest of them and let's start with the narrative of the Browns. Hype is warranted, yes or no? Absolutely. You know, great front seven. <laughs> Obviously, a lot of talent on offense. Mayfield with OBJ, Landry, it, it, they're, they're going to be extremely good. Uh, the talent is no question there. Their challenge is going to be can they break through and handle all of the hype that surrounds them and all of the pressure and drama and questions and cameras that come with that? They have three primetime games their first four weeks. Uh, they go at the Jets Monday Night Football in week two. They go at Los Angeles Rams Sunday Night Football week three. No, excuse me, they're home for that game. Sunday Night Football versus the Rams in primetime. Then in week five, they're at San Francisco, high-profile game, two high-powered offenses, Monday Night Football. You know, with these type of teams and these expectations and egos, I think that within the team, I think they're going to have that badass, dynamic-type chemistry, and they're going to be hard to stop. Uh, I don't think there'll be problems of egos of who wants to share the ball. I think they know they're good, and if they just click together, they'll be more than fine. The challenge is going to be, you know, when they're they have so much hype and and um, you know all this attention around them. When certain things get controversial or someone says something, it gets blown up so much. Is OBJ or Baker or are they going to be able to block that all out? And not only that, but not not block it out straight up, but block it out relative to the point spread. And when they're big favorites or they're traveling a couple extra. Uh, or they're in a location where they could party for the night if, if they're celebrating a win. Um, you, you just want to see if they handle those following weeks as well as their talent uh, suggests that they should. Let's talk about a season win total that I know you are very high on, and you kind of previewed it uh, talking about the Steelers in the beginning, man. Um, again, all of this incredible write-up uh, is both in um, the Futures ebook that I did and, of course, your brilliant NFL betting guide for the upcoming season, man. Tell me why you, why, how you feel and why when it comes to the Steelers win total uh, currently sitting at nine. Nine, nine and a half, I'm sorry. Well, yeah, it, it jacked up more so the last five days. It was over nine, minus one twenty. The you know over the weekend. Now it's either at minus one fifty or nine and a half. Um, I, I think they have a lot of talent on defense. Devin Bush is going to be really good for them. Placing the Shazier role, um, good secondary, uh, and, and you know just less pressure, less expectations. It's going to be good for their mental psyche. Let's talk about Cincinnati, worst team in the league in your mind. I think so. Unproven head coach. Uh, dicey offensive line, not very deep defensively. I think that could be competitive in the year, but as the NFL goes, as you get more and more injuries, especially on the defensive side of the football, your depth's going to get tested. You're going to have a rookie head coach dealing with a lot of unproven guys. I think the Bengals, I wouldn't say worst team in the NFL potentially. I think that could be left for maybe the Miami Dolphins, uh, but the Bengals are somewhere towards the basement. Uh, got into your head for who gets first pick in the upcoming draft, Miami Bengals or somebody else. Let's go Miami dolphins tank for Tua. I like it. Um, let's possibly uh, I, they're supposed to be going out and scout and, and watching a lot of these games this year. So Rosen is not necessarily the answer. 
I want to talk about this last team. And again, we're going to spend a little bit more time in the AFC North because truthfully, there is not a lot to talk about when it comes to the AFC East outside of a couple opinions that I know that we're going to have and specifically you, man. I want to talk about this Baltimore team because again, not that I am so leaning one way or another on a win total or, or whatever it is, but I really want to talk about this. Um, what could happen here, man? Look, this could blow up very, very badly for them. There's no doubt about that. This is not the Baltimore defense you remember, and they are no longer trying to run the ball 40 times, have the slowest pace of play, and win games uh, 14 to 10. This team, and again, narratives is everything. If Much like Kyler Murray, if this goes right, you execute this run-and-gun offense. Lamar Jackson, uh, basically, I mean, my God, 695 yards on 147 carries, most, most attempts by a quarterback since the merger. You have um, John Harbaugh, you know, basically coming out there and talking about uh, would he, you know, eclipse those 139 uh, by Cam Newton in, the, in 27. Harbaugh literally says, I would take the over on that one, man. If he's out there balling, he's throwing to, to Hollywood Brown, he's throwing to all these receivers. You got Ingram back there. You got, you know, all these weapons they've added. And this offense just puts up, you know, it's a passing league, man. And I know he has issues, but he rushes for, you know, a thousand plus yards in, in this. There's a narrative in there where he's in the MVP discussion and this team is winning games 45 to 35 every single week. Do you see that more likely than the other side of this just being an absolute disaster? Well, look, I don't think it's going to be a disaster. I, I don't think it'll be a booming success. I think it'll be somewhere in the middle. I, I think it does help that he's got Greg Roman as his offensive coordinator now, who was with Colin Kaepernick back at the 49ers when Kaepernick had a lot of success. I think that plays a factor. Look, there's not really an issue of Lamar Jackson being able to move the ball in between the 20s. He scrambles. He can make certain throws on some quick routes. Uh, that's not an issue. The issue, and this is what plagued him towards the end of the year and in a playoff game when they lost to the Chargers, not accurate in the red zone. And it makes sense, you know, a quarterback who's not throwing darts and always – you know, crisp with his passes, you're going to have trouble when you don't have as much room in the red zone. So that's what's going to be his area of focus. If he improves there, his ceiling is drastically higher. Um, Ingram helps defensively. I, I want to see their pass rush early in the year because they lost a lot of pieces in the front seven. So that's going to play a role too. I don't think the Ravens ceiling falls necessarily all on Lamar Jackson as much as the media wants you to believe that. I think what the reality of the situation is, you have two very top-heavy offenses in that division. You have the Browns and the Steelers with heavy pass run, passing games, and you're going to need pass rushes to beat those teams who you're going to see four times in a year. I want to see what the Ravens' pass rush could do because I don't know as these players as well as the stable of players that they've had in the front seven the past couple of years. Let's move over to the AFC East. And I know you have a take that is not as obvious as everyone else there, man. But look, New England minus 500. I'm sorry, I didn't ask you. Who wins the AFC North? Whoever uh, whoever wins the, the second Steelers-Browns game, uh, I will give this to the Steelers. So what you're saying is we should take a little Browns. Very close. We should take a little Browns plus 150 and Steelers plus 140 and take that guaranteed profit, right? Both at plus money. Yeah. Yeah. I would take both of those. All right. AFC East, uh, Pats minus 500, Jets plus 600, Bills 12 to 1, Dolphins 20 to 1. Let's start with the top row. Let's start with New England because out of all these narratives that are coming out of, you know, coming up for this upcoming season, 
I haven't heard one narrative outside of Gronkowski retiring uh, about the Patriots. It's kind of been business as usual. Uh, and people are kind of looking much like they always do to try to find that diamond and make life hard on themselves. Uh, but yet again, more towards the futures market when it comes to the AFC instead of their division, of course, at minus 500. Uh, but look, man, you, you know, minus 500 isn't always as gross as it looks. Just ask Floyd Mayweather backers like myself, uh, you know, what, tell me about the Patriots and their outlook for this year. And kind of, you know, I think it's largely overblown without Gronkowski, given how much time they've had to spend without him through the years, um, feelings about the past this year. Cause I feel like they're almost for some reason being overlooked as if it's, they can't do it again. Oh, no question. They're definitely getting overlooked, and it makes no sense. Whatever they lost with Gronkowski, look, you can't replace Gronkowski ever. Greatest tight end in the game. Uh, but they are loaded at wide receiver, man. Mikhail um, Harry is a baller. Big body, could stretch the field. Uh, I think he's really, really good draft pick, the first-round draft pick. You know, Edelman's still prime Edelman. Philip Dorsett's a very good option. Um, Demarius Thomas coming off the, the injury, you know, but that that's a veteran that could be an option and, and just could be used in certain spots for them. You know, Sonny Michelle in the running game. Uh, they got a good running back group. James White, Rex Burkett. Like, there's a, <laughs> there's a great offense. You know, there's, there's going to be no slowing down with them. They play the Dolphins twice this year. Those are easy games. You know, Jets and Bills have improved. So, I don't think the AFC East is a total cakewalk. Um, but, you yeah, know, this is the Patriots division as it will continue to be in as long as Tom Brady is there and as likely as long as Bill Belichick's there. Let's talk about Jets and Bills, and we'll start with the Jets because I know that we're going to save the, the Bills portion, I think, for, for when we get into NFL Week 1, man. But you have a little bit of a, uh, I don't want to say hot take, but you feel a type of way about this Jets team. Tell me about it. I do. I think that Sam Darnold's improved a lot. He's looked very good in the preseason. I think Adam Gase is a very good offensive mind that's going to help take this offense to the next level. It added a lot defensively, though. You know, um, front seven, very strong. Quinn and Williams at defensive tackles, great. Uh, Ja'Kai Polite out of Florida, very good for the pass rush. Um, C.J. Mosley at linebacker, coached by Greg Williams, defensive coordinator. It's going to be an aggressive defense. I think they're going to play in some lower scoring games. I think they have a lot of competitive guys on the team. Um, offensively, Le'Veon Bell is obviously going to help them. I think Ty Montgomery's got a shot out of the backfield to help them. Bilal Powell is a very good in-between-the-tackles running back. Robbie Anderson's been consistent for the Jets over the last couple of years. Quincy Inunua is good. Jamison Crowder. I think that, you know, and Darnold's mobile scramble out of the pocket. They, they upgraded on the offensive line. I think it's a pretty good football team. And I think that their schedule is tough early in the year. Their first seven games are very tough, but they have a stretch of six games on the back end that they could very well go five and one or six and oh. Um, they have. Dolphins, Jets, Redskins, Raiders, Bengals, and then Dolphins again six weeks in a row. So the over-unders at seven wins for them. I have them projected to win at least five of those games in that six-game stretch. So if they go five and one, let's say, then you're talking they have to go two and five out of their first seven games to push this and just three and four of the first seven games to go over. So I do like the Jets to go over seven wins. 
I love it, man. Um, Buffalo Bills, I know, uh, again, something more for week one, but any take on them specifically when it comes to win total or anything or just kind of the week one take? Uh, there's a good value bet for them. Buffalo Bills to make the playoffs at plus 340. I like this because oh, I, I have a feeling it. that only three, almost three and a half to one on Buffalo to make the playoffs in the AFC. I, I think there's some value on it. Who at three and a half to one, basically who gets pushed out? Cause now you're talking about, uh, either Pittsburgh or Cleveland doesn't get in either Baltimore, uh, or Baltimore actually. Um, and you're looking at either the chargers, uh, yeah. Or the chargers are really the ones that come to mind. Yeah. You know, I, I think I think value not because of the way the rosters are as is right now. I think because of the potential of quarterback injury, which happens to at least two teams a season. Yeah, you know, if you get a team in the AFC that has one or two of those injuries, look, I, I'm not saying I think that the Bills are going to make the playoffs. I think that the bits the the Bills or the Jets, one of the two, can sneak into the playoffs. Um, I think the Bills have a very good defense. And they have a very good run game. Those are two things that can keep them competitive in games. So if they're in close games and they have some luck in some of these close games, um, look, they, I mean, they were in the playoffs in Sean McDermott's first year two years ago, nine and seven with Tyrod Taylor, who's a backup right now. Um, That's I, fair. It's not out of the question. Um, and. Uh, yeah, at three forty, and then you got the Jets to make the playoffs at plus two fifty. You throw a small dart on on both of those. If one of those hits, you, you get a nice positive ROI. I got to see it, and again, two guys that I would fade in the first round, and I would love to do so, man. Let's talk about the AFC. Um, look to win the AFC. That is, and for the life of me, look, I understand it. This is different than the NBA. This is one game in, one game out, not a series. So it's a little bit do or die. But the fact that New England is not priced as how LeBron James was in the East all those years when he made whatever it was, seven straight conf uh, finals, conference, all of them, and he was minus 125, almost same thing with Golden State prior to Durant, I will never for the life of me understand how you are still going to get plus money on the New England Patriots going into every single season. And it's the first bet I make every single year when lines are open is the Patriots to win the AFC because you know you're never going to get plus 300 in an AFC title game that history shows us what seven straight or whatever it is that they're going to get there. And until you do me wrong, I am going to play this chalk as the first bet I make every single year. Um, agree, disagree with that. No, a hundred percent agree. You, you're getting plus money on the best team, the best quarterback in the weakest division in the conference every single year. Yeah, you know, straight path to getting a buy in the playoffs. Uh, likely home field advantage throughout the entire playoffs if they have one of their prime seasons. And yeah, you know, who else? You you really got to favor the Chiefs and New England, the top two horses in a competitive conference. But yeah, you put your money on Tom Brady and at three to one or better odds every single day, every it's, single it's time. No brainer. Yep. Let's go to the next ones, man. Anything else that makes sense that either you're looking at or, or really catches your eye in terms of that value? Let's go. Uh, kind of the rest of the best. Let's go. Chiefs at four to one. Uh, the Browns at seven to one. Uh, we have the Colts at eight to one, uh, trying to find anything else that's kind of comparable and everything else is, you know, Steelers 12 to one, I think makes a lot Pittsburgh of sense. Steelers 12 to one. Good, good value. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, all right. I'll give you two bets. Uh, 
you got a place too. Uh, one that you can do nothing with and you can't hedge and ride out to win the AFC and one that is the value one. I think you kind of answered the question. I assume you're going to go New England and Pittsburgh. Yeah, two plus monies. I mean, you could very well be seeing that as a potential AFC championship if uh, if Kansas City draws a, a tough card early. Yeah, I like both of those. More likely to get to the AFC championship game, Pittsburgh or the Chiefs? Chiefs. Yeah, I agree. Four to one. Eh, better, probably, co- better coach, uh, better defense this year. Anything else when it comes to the AFC, man, stories, anything we didn't hit on uh, as kind of uh, the futures market player props, um, give you the pick of the litter when it comes to any team in the AFC. I know we have a lot bigger and stronger takes really in the NFC because honestly, man, you're never going to get me to bet against Tom Brady and the Patriots as long as they're together. You know, I think the AFC South is very competitive uh, with absolutely the, the small edge to the Colts, but I think those teams are going to beat up on each other. Whereas I think every other division has a team that's in the bottom of the basement. You know, the Bengals are bad. The Dolphins are bad. The Raiders are going to be traveling all over the continent and all over different hemispheres. Uh, I think they're going to struggle. Broncos are weak on offense. So I wouldn't place really too many futures outside of the Colts on AFC South teams because I don't think they're going to get uh, as optimal of a record and, and then, you know, playoff positioning as you would with other teams. Um, and then, yeah, I, I think the Broncos, I, I just think they're going to really be involved in a lot of low scoring games. I, w- I would say to bet unders a lot in Broncos games, bad, uh, struggling offensive line, Joe Flacco, we've seen him for a decade. We know what he is and a very good defense coach coached by Vic Fangio favorite future in the AFC. I do like the Steelers at 12 to one to win the AFC. I, I, I like over nine uh, on their win total as well. Love it, bro. Well, if you want to bet any of these futures, guys, you know where to go. That is mybookie.ag. And do not forget, they are running their own super contest this year. A $100 entry fee, no proxy needed, and a $100,000 prize is up for grabs for their super contest. And again, as always, SGP100 gets you $1,000 in free bets. Again, SGP100 at mybookie.ag. And if you want to go into the pool route, Pickums, they got it all. Play Balto. If you're if you don't know how to set up your office pools or you are sick of paying it, go to playbalto.com. Everything from uh, Pickums, Survivor pools, dailies, weeklies, they have it all. Go to playbalto, sportsgamingpodcast.com, and all you got to do is click that Play Balto link to sign up. And lastly, BetQL. You want to get an advantage over the house this fall? You're gonna need to download BetQL, the only app that helps you outsmart Vegas. All right, bro. Let's switch over to the NFC, and I absolutely love. Uh, everything I am seeing here when it comes to the AFC or I'm sorry, the NFC, truthfully, I think the AFC is as cut as dry, cut and dry as it is every, every single year when it comes to these, the NFC, man, I love what is going on here. Uh, so let's break it down. Uh, the division odds as they stand, of course, I just got rid of it. Hold on one second. Uh, division odds. That no proxy deal with mybookie.ag sounds pretty enticing. Oh, come on, bro. Not, not I, like gotta, to I gotta pay my bills over here. I gotta pay my bills. If, if anybody needs a proxy, you know where to find me. Uh, let's go <laughs> la, pick a division. NFC. Let's go with the NFC North. Alrighty. 
Uh, yes. Love that you did this. Let's talk about it. Green Bay plus 190, Chicago plus 200, Minnesota plus 190 in Detroit at 10 to 1. Let's start with the co-favorites here, which is actually a little bit surprising, I think, based on public narrative here. We got Green Bay and the Vikings at pl uh, plus 190. Uh, I have a very strong take, and we'll get into this when it comes to week one, and this is a bet that we have talked about that I really kind of built this on together, you know, kind of with you when it comes to this Green Bay team. Um, but uh, let, yeah, let's start there, man. Green Bay. Uh, LaFleur, look, I absolutely love the narrative of what could happen with this team. I think that there is a, once, you know, McCarthy leaves, that toxic relationship is devolved. You have a new offense. And let's not forget, the last time a new offense came into this league, basically, uh, we saw the exact 180 opposite happen when Chicago played Green Bay week one. Now, Green Bay, what they have done through the draft and free agency they built their team to stop Mitch Trubisky rolling out left, or rolling out right, or mobile quarterbacks basically throughout. So uh, it, it's going to help them so much when you tailor that to, you know, these these division type of games or, or in the playoffs if you do face, you know, whoever it may be that can run around a little bit. This is the second fastest team in the NFL on the defensive side of the ball next to the Dallas Cowboys in my division or in my estimation. And not only that, you have an offense where nobody knows what's going to happen. And if you look at that first half against uh, last year, week one against Chicago, it was 17 nothing. Uh, in Green Bay was on their heels and had no idea what to do. And now you have the same thing thing same set of teams week one except the situation is reversed how do you feel about this green bay uh, team because i think this is a year where everyone remembers oh yeah aaron Rodgers is that good yeah i really like that bet with you we've talked about that i like first half money line for the packers kept the bears off guard uh, but I, I think this team definitely has an intriguing ceiling to them you know when a lot of people talk about matt lafleur and what he could do with this offense, the amount of texts and conversation I've had, well, it's, you know, well, his offense didn't do that well in Tennessee and stop it, you know, comparing he had any say Marcus in the, Mariota, yeah. you think he had any say Aaron in thunder and lightning Rogers offense. Allen. They wouldn't take the handcuffs the off. Disrespect. Then, man. The disrespect. And there's going to be some people listening to this that are saying, listen, I know James is a very big Aaron Rodgers fan. And look, I am. Um, I mean, can you play the guy has won against the spread at a clip over the course of his career? That's in not Tom Brady's level, but it's a, you know, a slight level below it. He's been very good, especially in division games. Look, they lost a lot of close games last year, that game versus Seattle on Thursday night football. McCarthy didn't challenge that obvious, obvious incompletion. That was horrible. Um, they, they, you know, the chemistry problems were bad last year. That game versus Arizona that they lost, you could tell Rodgers and McCarthy were completely on different pages. Um, I think Mike Pettin has a chance to do some good things with this defense. Adrian Amos is a very good addition. Free safety comes over from the Bears. I think he's going to help them. Uh, they got a young Cornier Alexander who was very good last year. I think he's going to be able to uh, limit a lot of good uh, wide receivers within this conference. Um, they got Zadarius Smith, outside linebacker from Baltimore. He's going to be good. Preston Smith uh, over from Washington. Um, you know, the wide receiver group, there's definitely some questions to them. Rodgers has been raving about Marquez uh, Valdez Scantling. And Devontae Adams is obviously a stud. They're going to need Geronimo Allison to step up. And 
um, Jimmy Graham and Mercedes Lewis to contribute, obviously. Um, I think that they have the chance to, to sneak up on some teams, like you mentioned, before things get out on film. And, you know, by the time things do get out on film for the, the Green Bay Packers, the reality of it's going to be, that's going to be the point when the Packers are should be clicking in this offense, getting to that second level of the new offense and gelling. And that's when they can take off uh, as teams are starting to catch up to them. Yeah, man. And we saw this. Let's let's talk about this Bears team, because I think that everyone, I believe uh, Trubisky is the number one liability, much like the Browns to win the Super Bowl when it comes to the uh, MVP, which I do not understand whatsoever. We saw this offense take such a step back when it comes to uh, the first half of the year. Uh, towards the end half of the year when you, when you talked about it, man, things were on film and, and that's a very easy comparison to make. But yet when you look deeper and again, shout out to Warren Sharp for, for really pointing this out, the bears played one defense ranked above 15th in their first nine games when they looked great. And they uh, only ever went over their team total in just two of the last seven games. And so look, I love teams that really beat up on bad teams or players just as much as the next guy. And we can talk about that with Kirk cousins after this as well. But look, I really look, I have been wrong and I will be wrong again. I am sure. I never thought Mr. Trubisky would show me half of what he did last year. And I said the same thing about Jared Goff. Uh, I never, I still don't think, I think that I mean, I hate to use this term, but system quarterback comes to mind when I talk about Trubisky in my mind. Uh, but I just do not think, and I've said this again about Dak Prescott, I do not think that Trubisky nor Prescott, really, to be honest with you, especially once Prescott gets paid, um, again, conversation for a def- different division, but I just, I, I'm not a fan of the Chicago gimmick offense, despite, I mean, God, Mac and, and this defense, I completely understand it, but they just remind me of the Raven teams from the past who, you know, despite awful quarterback play, won a Super Bowl. So it is what it is. What do you think of Chicago this year? I think that's going to be very hard to sustain what they did on defense last year. Um, obviously incredible talent again, but those numbers, you know, plus 12 turnover margin, five defensive touchdowns and they lose Vic Fangio. No disrespect to Chuck Pagano, very good defensive mind. You know, it's going to be hard to replicate that. And if and when you don't replicate that, that means you're giving up more points or at least the time of possession shifts and isn't as balanced theoretically. And you're going to put the Chicago offense and Mitch Trubisky in positions that they may not have faced as much last year. And there's going to be tighter games. Uh, Bears were in a lot of close games last year that they won. And now if that margin is closed a bit, Trubisky's going to get tested. And look, the thing with him is he's had some very good performances at home. His home numbers are good. And, you know, he shows up under the lights too. He's had some primetime games where you know he has played well uh, or at least you know done enough to keep the Bears in games. On the road, his numbers are terrible. Uh, his home numbers career-wise, he's 9-5, 23 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Take it to the road, 6-6, six and six, 8 touchdowns, nine interceptions, 15 touchdowns less on the road for his career than at home. And you know, the NFL, you're going to have to win some games on the road. And the best teams in the NFL do win on the road. They lose. And I think the intangible with this team is ending their season on a Cody Parkey 
shanked field goal that set the city of Chicago into depression. Um, <laughs> they had nine kickers at one of their practices in training. Nine. Ki- I've never heard of that. That's I've almost Chargers. It's the Chargers most territory. Amount of kickers I've ever seen. That is absurd. What do you do with them? I, like I, crazy. Um, I think there's going to be a, a hangover effect for this team. I think, man, that, that, they're going to have some PTSD. Uh, but yes, I'm with you on that Packers first half money line. That's a joint play. We'll, I'll have to release that soon. <laughs> Love it, bro. Uh, look, I don't think there's a lot we have to say. I don't think either of us are very high on Minnesota. And I say that because, again, Cousins, I think, what, 15 and 29 when it comes to games uh, or yeah, against teams that are over 500 and you're, look, Detroit. Worse. Uh, yeah, whatever. I did. I just closed it in front of me and I was trying to sound smart and have it on the top of my head, but I can pull it up right now. <laughs> Single digits. I think he's got six wins. Uh, five and, last, nope, last five and 26 straight up. Yeah, in twenty one ATS, insane, insane, insane. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not very low on Minnesota. I think they got better on the offensive line. Very good defense. I think Cousins will do better, less pressure after the contract, etc. Um, but I, I do think if it is a one game face off versus the Packers, if the Packers are healthy, I'd rather have the ball in Aaron Rodgers' hands than Kirk Cousins. The bottom line. Let's just do some simple math, man. And again, this is if this exact nugget is available in some way on the ebook. If we use 2018 straight up, just wins and losses, Minnesota faces eight teams with a winning record alone. And now look, that is not including two games against the Packers who were below 500 to finish 2018. So look, if you just give him what, let's, let's, let's out of those, you know, I'm not going to manipulate stuff and make that 10 games. Let's call it eight. By that, they're going to go one and seven against those teams. Uh, you're looking at like a, he's got to basically sweep the board just to even keep up with, with uh, Chicago, let alone uh, Green Bay. So uh, definitely makes a lot of sense there, man. Uh, who wins the division in your estimation? I'm obviously going Green Bay plus 190 um, in them to make the playoffs. I, I believe minus 105 is another great bet, I think. Yeah, I'm rolling with Green Bay too. I love it almost at two to one. Yeah. Uh, Devonte Adams, again, three straight years finishing number two when it comes to uh, touchdown scored. Yeah. A, a crazy, crazy stat that he hasn't Monster. been able to break I, over. I played a lot of player props on him in the second half of last year. Dude, there were some games he had like two receptions. He was quiet early in the game and then he would just explode and have like nine receptions in the second half. It was absurd. So Devonte Adams player props this year. All right, man. NFC South. I absolutely love this division and not for the reasons that people think. And I know you have a very, very uh, specific take as well. New Orleans Saints minus 160. I think we are going to both laugh at that. We have Atlanta plus 320, Carolina plus 450. Tampa at 12 to one. Look, Tampa every single year is the darling. Uh, they you know, get Bruce Arians. I'm going to talk about one team here and I'm going to let you have the floor with New Orleans. This Carolina Panthers team, this seven and a half win total is kind of crazy to me when you think about this. Look, they have basically Le'Veon Bell 2.0 in Christian McCaffrey. People forget Cam Newton was an MVP. And look, I know he's had injury problems and I'm not telling you Will Greer is going to step in and be the savior or whatever. This Carolina team Super Bowl hangover, everything that happens, man. I think that this is the one year they're finally kind of under the radar. They can do what they do. Uh, and this is going to be a very, very dangerous Carolina team. Atlanta is always going to be Atlanta. They, they can always explode with the offensive um, you know, weapons that they have on, on turf and everything like that. But I'm going to give you the floor. Uh, how do you feel about Saints minus 160 to win the NFC North? And tell me why. Oh, that's a joke. Um, yeah, obviously. 
ton of talent on that team. This division, really, really competitive. And, you know, Panthers loaded front seven. You know, they, they had Gerald McCoy next to Don Terry Poe, K1 Short, Mario Addison, and, you know, linebacker core with Shaq Thompson, Luke Keekley, and, and Bruce Irvin. You're loaded in the front seven, and you're going to put pressure on the opposing quarterbacks and be in the backfield a lot. And they've got speed. People trash their secondary. Dante Jackson, um, James Bradbury, they played well last year in the secondary for young guys. I think offensively, Chris Hogan, very under the radar signing. This is a guy, a lot of experience, a lot of talent. It made a lot of plays in New England. Tell me uh, why Hogan Samuels will not be another Danny, Danny Amendola on Miami post-New England situation. Say that again. Tell me why Danny, uh, Chris Hogan will not go the same way that Danny Amendola did when he signed with Miami and everything just kind of became the norm for him. Again, you know, the, the comparison is, is kind of obvious, right? New England can bring in these interchangeable parts. Tell me why Hogan you're will have more success than Amendola. Off, you're, saying, you're saying he won't have as, as much success in Carolina as he did with Tom Brady in New England system? Yeah, exactly. Or tell me why he will. Yeah, no, there's there's definitely going to be a drop off, but I, I, you know, I don't expect him to put the, up the type of numbers and have massive plays like he did in New England. But I think his mere presence and you having to attract another talented corner uh, in his direction that he could stretch the field. I think they have the type of short offense where you have a couple of guys stretch the field, um, and then like guys like DJ Moore and McCaffrey, obviously. You throw short passes or screens to McCaffrey, and it opens up the entire passing game. Um, yeah, I, I just like the way their defense is in. I think they could keep games in the low twenties. Uh, some teams they could hold in the teens, and their offense won't have to, you know, have and be Superman and just have a normal game. Let's talk about Week One, bro. LA goes to Carolina. I know you have a very specific take on this situational spot. What is it? I like Carolina plus three. I like them on the money line as well. I'm going to take, uh, but James, they just went to the both. Super Bowl. Why would you possibly, that line is so short <laughs> and 80% of the public is on LA. What could go wrong? <laughs> it reminded me of a conversation I've had at, at fan sports book in New Jersey right now. Yeah. Um, probably a general consensus uh, opinion over there. Uh, but yeah, Super Bowl losers, Massive trend to fade them in week one, uh, two, 12 and two against the spread the last 16 years in week one. Um, wow. Yeah. Call it what it is. Their last, their last, you know, their last, uh, impression of football is, is losing on the biggest stage. And, um, you know, sometimes it takes a little bit of time, even, even if they don't start out the first half of week one, very fast, um, you know, it could affect them for the rest of the and, but aside from that trend alone, the Rams offensive line, they have two new interior offensive linemen. I think going against that defensive line of Carolina is going to be a challenge for them. Goff last year, the Rams scored almost 11 points per game less on the road than they did at home. Goff isn't as great when you throw pressure up the middle. He needs to scramble out. He needs a clean pocket. Um, Carolina's going to test him. They're definitely going to be in the backfield. They're going to hit him. And the Rams, you know, they lose Dominic. So Marcus Peters was beat consistently last year. What's to say that he's going to come back and, and be this elite level cornerback that people think that he is. 
Uh, they're still going to obviously have a good defense, but I think this game has a good chance of the Rams being held to around the 23 to 26 point range than it does for the Rams to score into the thirties. Uh, you know, Todd Gurley is going to be on some sort of pitch count in the beginning of the season and they don't have CJ Anderson anymore. So um, I'm not as high on the Rams this year as I was last season. And I do like the Carolina Panthers with the points in this game. I'm going to do you one better, man. You know what? You know what hangovers always spell to me? And you make this comparison in a lot of different ways. And that's sluggish when you get out of bed. This is a first half under dream spot to me and everything that you just said. Oh, yeah. That's that. That's the angle I'll be looking at uh, week one for sure. Uh, who wins this division? Bro? I like the first half play. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, Saints minus good. 160, Falcons uh, plus 320, Panthers plus 450, or Tampa at uh, 12 to 1. I would. I would put two bets in uh, I would put a bet in on the Falcons at plus 320 and the Panthers at plus 450 I think you have a good chance of catching one of those tickets and I would also throw a small sprinkler on the Bucks 12 to 1 like you mentioned Bruce Arians top Bowles really good coaching staff there and there's a ton of talent if they can trim the turnovers from Jameis Winston this team has a chance to be in every game yeah and I'm gonna say best bet uh one I've already placed man Panthers to win their division plus 450 I think is a dream scenario I like it um, I like it. Let's go to the NFC East, bro. The Eagles minus 150, Dallas plus 175, Redskins 8 to 1, Giants 10 to 1. Uh, I know you're a Giants guy at heart, but look, I got to make this one very simple, man. Eagles minus 150, you pack it in, you move on, and you lay it. And I think it only gets shorter in the season. You know me. I am not a Dak guy, uh, despite what he did with Amari Cooper. Cooper banged up. We can kind of, I mean, let's be frank here. It'll be a good story for the Giants to be 8 and 8. It's not going to get it done against the Eagles, who have one of the top three easiest schedules in the division. Uh, look, Dallas on defense, Dallas unders, Dallas unders, Dallas unders are the fastest defense in the NFL. They are going to fly, uh, but they're going to hand the ball off. And to me, this Eagles team, uh, you know, NFC uh, futures definitely makes some sense here for sure with Wentz back if he's Wentz of old. I agree. This is the Eagles division loaded on both sides of the ball. Deshaun Jackson, uh, on the opposition from Alshon Jeffrey is a scary, scary scenario. Miles Sanders, you unleash him. It's going to be pretty ridiculous. Offensive line healthier than it was last year. Um, yeah, this is a very, very good team. And Cowboys, obviously, with the Zeke drama, it's not great. Mark Cooper, curious to see how if he could play, uh, you know, full sixteen, even you know, 15, 14, 15 games. And then the Giants have questions, obviously, at quarterback on the pass rush. Redskins are in the basement of this division. Talk about their win total in a little bit. But, yeah, this is the Eagles or don't bet anything else. Obviously, the Cowboys defense is going to be good. They're still going to be competitive. But, yeah, you have a one-game showdown with Dak or Carson Wentz. I want the ball in Carson Wentz's hands. Definitely, bro. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw something out here to you, and this is something I brought up in this ebook. book uh, You can get a better price on Carson Wentz uh, to win comeback player of the year instead of MB MVP. We're talking 13 to one MVP, 16 to one last year, man. One of my biggest bets was, was Andrew Luck to win comeback player of the year. I've never seen a more obvious narrative this year that it looks to be, uh, the obvious narrative of Jimmy Garoppolo, who just went over what three with a pick and a zero rating. Tell me why Wentz is so high. Um, first of all, can you even win both? If you win an MVP, can you not win one? Or if you win comeback player, can you not win the other? Do you know? You know, it doesn't really come up many times That's true. every season, but 
uh, I would imagine the votes would be swayed in the direction to not have that happen and, and give the, the two awards to him. Um, but I agree with you with the value on that. I think that's great. I think the narrative definitely sets up. And if he can stay healthy, I mean, the guy's got a ridiculous work ethic. You know, his passion is going to be there. And, you know, it's been two years of him hearing that Foles deserves to be the starter. So uh, motivation-wise, couldn't be a better spot for that bet. All right, bro. Who wins the division? I think we're both on Eagles before we get to our last bets. Our last Eagles. division. Eagles. Yes. All right, man. Rams to win their NFC West minus 175. And I want to point out before I even go further, I believe no. somebody is going to, somebody on Twitter is going to tell me I'm an idiot. I know what I'm talking about, but I believe every single over the past, like eight years, every single Super Bowl loser besides the new England Patriots, the next year has gone under their season win total. And I'm pretty sure it's a very, very strong one. Uh, Seattle plus 275, San Francisco four to one, Arizona at 25 to win the NFC. Uh, West, I know you have a couple strong opinions about these teams, and so I'm just going to give you the floor with it. I like the 49ers to win the division, and I think four to one is is a bargain. I don't think the Seahawks are on the same level as they were in years past. I think they have a lot of turnover turnover on defense. Uh, Doug Baldwin retires, so you don't have Russell Wilson's top guy. I know it's a system. Yeah, they'll definitely be competitive, but this is just not the best Seattle Seahawks roster they've had in years. San Francisco has a lot of talent on both sides of the ball. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have, you know, I know he, he threw interceptions at practice. I know he didn't look good in preseason. Pat Mahomes was throwing a lot of interceptions at practice last training camp, too. So I don't put any stock into that. And in the preseason game, yeah, he played in the altitude. He played in Denver versus an incredible defense with two monsters coming from him from either side of the defensive line. Now he's got skill players in this offense. Wide receiver group, Marquise Goodwin's fast as anything. Dante Pettis, very good year last year. Um, Debo Samuel, who they drafted, Jalen Hurd, Jordan Matthews, and then George Kittle at tight ends, obviously very good. They bring in Tevin Coleman, who was with Shanahan the year they went to the Super Bowl in Atlanta. Uh, Matt Breeder behind him. Good for the system. Kyle Juszczyk, fullback. I mean, this guy, out of the backfield catching pass, how many fullbacks can do what he does? Um, defensively, DeForest Bunkner, tackle, uh, Armstead, defensive end, D. Ford they added from Kansas City. Uh, Quan Alexander for them coming from Tampa Bay. Um, Richard Sherman said that this secondary has shown flashes and reminds him a bit of the Legion of Boom. Now, he obviously is biased in, towards saying that because uh, of everything that happened uh, once he left Seattle. Um, but, you know, there's some flashes for this defense where they could compete. They definitely have a very good front seven. And I think the Rams are going to regress some bit. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, I do think, is everything as good as what we saw in his brief stint with New England. And he's got an incredible offensive mind with very, very good talent surrounding him on both sides. Completely agree, bro. Uh, any other futures that really, um, you know, look, Seattle to me, man, Russell Wilson on a six-point teaser has made me more money than probably any other thing in the world besides uh, New England ATS blindly. Uh, let's talk about this Ramsey, man, the Super Bowl hangover. It's very real. Um, 
Look, the girly knee situation is ready to explode, yet what that has done is made his backup, you know, the kind of rookie of the year uh, favorite in the NFC, yet I would argue definitely uh, I would love to take Montgomery at 10-1 to 1, uh, every single time over him. Um, look, there's, you know, Russell Wilson's Russell Wilson. Look, is there a narrative that, let's, let's talk about this basement duel, our Arizona 25-1. to 1. If Kyler Murray and this Cliff Kingsbury offense comes out here and they look like a young Chiefs offense, a, a peewee version of this Chiefs offense, uh, I think that instead of taking the 25 to 1, Kyler Murray's going to win rookie of the year if they look like a semblance of that. Any narrative at all uh, that you can, you know, you know, maybe even take a little Kyler Murray MVP to start, you sell at the top of the market after, you know, a couple of weeks or anything else that makes sense when we talk about to win this division because I got to tell you, I hate this division, man, and, and I placed a big, a big bet. RIP on uh, both Garoppolo at, I believe it was like 60 to one last year before he got hurt and it got moved. I've always been uh -huh. on the Seattle win totals over, uh, but I can't back a single team in here. Gun to my head. I'm telling you, I think I would take Seattle plus 275 to win the division. And I don't even like that. Yeah, I think they're awful. Idea to get, like Russell Wilson plus money. He could win you some games that he, Seattle should never win. Uh, the 49ers are my favorite position in this division though. Um, Cardinals, you know, I think they have a chance to be a pretty sexy offense and do some things, but you got to stop some teams too. And they've looked miserable on the defensive side of the ball in preseason so far. Their run defense looks like they're playing with nine or 10 guys on defense sometimes. So I don't have faith in them. Clingsbury was not a winning head coach in college football, <laughs> despite some ridiculous talent that he had and you know but i do think they'll be fun i think arizona will be a great team to bet game overs for um i would take san francisco 49ers to win this division and yeah you know so yeah seattle will be in it it'll be week 14 week 15 and russell wilson will be playing a meaningful game um, but I think when it comes to the Rams, I think teams are going to target Marcus Peters and say, Hey man, we have a ton of film on you last year getting robbed. He got work versus new Orleans last year. He got work multiple times last year. So, uh, let's see how that pans out. And if the Rams aren't scoring as many points as they were accustomed to last year, then it is going to matter if their number two cornerback is getting carved up on one side of the field. All right, bro. Last couple of things before I get you out of here. Don't look this up right now. And if you have it up in front of you, look away. Do you know who the NFC favorite? I'll close the laptop. Do you know who the NFC favorite is to win their uh, to win the conference? Philadelphia Eagles. Nope. Guess again. I'm gonna give you one more. I'm gonna tell you. New Orleans Saints. Yep. New Orleans Saints are at yeah, five that's, to one. That's wild, man. The Eagles, yeah, six it to sucks because I want to see they deserve they deserve to get to a Super Bowl the last two years, man. It sucks, yeah. and I had a very generous ticket on the Saints, sixteen to one to win the Super Bowl. That uh, if you caught me at a sports book after the no pass interference on the Saints Rams game, uh, I might have said some uh, questionable comments that <laughs> I would not like to repeat. In front of, uh, you know, PG audience. Um, but yeah, man, I just don't, there's just so many hurdles, man. The hangover effect, the, you know, doing it again, the fear of it happening. Like I, there's, there's ghosts that come with this. It's real. So I, I, I don't know. 
Um, I just don't know if they can do it again. There's no Ingram there. I'd love to see it happen, but definitely not at the price, dude. Definitely not at the, that expensive price. Couldn't agree with you more, man. All right, you got to place one NFC bet for value, one NFC bet to only hold, and I can give you the odds if you need them, if you don't have them in front of you. I know I told you to close your laptop. Which two are you taking? I'm going to take that 4-1 to one bet on the 49ers to win the NFC West. And I'm going to take a fly. Uh, I, I like the Bucks over six and a half wins. All right, give me the NFC, uh, same thing, but to win the NFC. To win the NFC. We went Pittsburgh and New England, AFC. Give me the two for the NFC. I like the Philadelphia Eagles. Yep, six to one, love that. And yeah, I like Philadelphia Eagles. And uh, Eagles and Panthers. Yeah, for value more so on Panthers. Yeah, Panthers twenty to one. If you put, if you ask me for the the true one, I'll take Green Bay eight to one. But I, I love that number. Yeah, I, I love do that too. number. It's Look, only... they could be the they could be the fifth best team in this conference, but twenty to one. Those are very good odds. Only short in season, bro. All right. We're going to get you out of here, man. As always, we're going to do a couple of best bets. We've done this throughout the year. Um, again, we didn't really talk about this uh, kind of pre-flop here. You want to do Green Bay first half as our consensus inside Vegas best bet for NFL week one? I'm sorry. Yeah. New, uh, Green consensus. Bay first Yeah. And I'll give out another one. Uh, move to the Monday night game. Looking at the Texans getting a touchdown at New Orleans. Uh, it is a primetime game in New Orleans. I typically would never fade Drew Brees in this spot. Uh, but the Saints, they haven't won a week one game in over five years. It's been six years. 0-5 straight up and against the spread. Uh, losing the covers in those games by almost 10 points per game. And Deshaun Watson, I think, will be a live dog. Good offense. You know, everything we talked about before, hangover effect for New Orleans in the Superdome. Um, I think the seven points is going to be too much. You'll get a competitive Monday night football game. I absolutely love it, bro. Again, we did this in the beginning. I want to do it again. Where can people find you? What do you have going on for the upcoming season? Again, on Twitter at spread investor, plug the guide, man, plug the website. Absolutely. Anything else that we didn't talk about for you, you have going on for the upcoming season before I get you. Yeah. Out. Uh, wrote an NFL guide. You'll see it. If you, if you follow on Twitter, that's uh, 90 pages, uh, broke down, Schedule analysis, recap of last season, betting outlook, uh, a whole bunch of trends where you could bet on a team that's hit consistently in certain spots. You could fade a certain team. Um, new website, like I mentioned earlier in the show, that'll be coming out week one of NFL. Uh, Christian, you know, you'll obviously be on there, and a lot of other handicappers that we promote on Twitter and. And we share information with. It's going to be a lot of sharp talent on there. I'm excited to launch that. And yeah, that that ebook, man. That you, you know, I, I worked through it this weekend. That you put together. I love some of the futures in there. And that's another good book to to check out for you guys. Well, Capper contributed to that as well. Andy, uh, Suma, Todd. It, it's it's a good squad, and um, we're we're on a lot of the right, same sides as these games. So. Hopefully, uh, fortune favors us and some of the games we need the bounces to go our way. But I like the, the direction we're heading in right now for the NFL season. 
We're aligned on a lot of things, man. And as they say, luck favors the prepared. So I cannot wish you anything but uh, luck in this upcoming year, man. And again, I know we're usually on a lot of the same sides and angles when it comes to that type of stuff. And again, for anybody out there wanting to come say hi to the both of us, we'll probably be at Legacy's with the SGP crew uh, come Thursday, you know, Thursday night football, NFL week one to, to kick off that year to come sweat this first half Green Bay vet that I know no doubt we will both be on and sweating, man. So again, bro, thank you so much for taking the time. I know it is so late out where uh, you are in New York, bro, and we will talk soon. All right. Oh, it's all, I have to thank you. I, did I take you away from watching uh, reruns of Billions oh, to do this man. podcast? Oh, no, you just got to break my, you want the whole episode. You didn't break my balls and now you got to do it. You know, I, I did that about two days ago. I got to be honest with last Sunday. I did I it. I figured, I figured you got to get in as much Billions as you can before it gets too crazy with football season. This fucking guy. I, I, is, I, is Billions come back during, during NFL? No, I think it's. I think it's. I'm not sure, man. I don't even remember. I know it's the same. Uh, yeah, same back, season as Thrones. Yeah, it's it'll be back soon. But you know, you sit there and love it as back, much as yeah, I do, you asshole. Oh, I love it. I love it. Damien right. Lewis, great character in that show. No, I'm a big fan. Yeah, man. All right, bro. Well, I will see you NFL Week One again right, with the SGP crew at Legacy's. Come say hi. Um, again, bro. Thanks. We'll talk soon. Finally spring, and I'm saying goodbye snow, hello adventure. And during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event, you can get epic deals on your favorite Honda model. Ready to get rugged? Then take the off-road in an all-wheel drive Honda SUV, like the CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, or redesigned Ridgeline. Want to take a spring road trip? Then check out a fuel-efficient turbocharged Civic or Accord. Say goodbye to winter and hello to a new Honda. Don't miss huge savings during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event. Now at your local Honda dealer.